Good morning and welcome everybody. You're listening to The Breakfast Show on Faith FM 87.6, or 88, right across Australia, right across the Faith FM network, wherever you are. Positively different radio in the morning. You are with Lyle and... Minnie. Minnie, how are you this morning? Look, I'm pretty well. I think I'm a bit dehydrated, actually. I woke up multiple times in the night. You know when, well, I don't know if you have this, but I know that I'm dehydrated when in my dream I go looking for something to drink. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. It's like I walk yes. into a shop and be like, I must have juice. Or like, you know, just do something. And you make up, you wake, you, you make, you, it's Monday morning. You wake up and your mouth is, feels like it's full of cotton. I know, wool. and you're like, I must have liquid. Yes. Yeah. So I'm good. But yeah, I had that like multiple times in the night. I was like, oh, <laughs> I might, might need to. Hence the large bottle of water beside yes. you right now. I mean, I normally try to drink some water, but it was just, yeah, last night I just got real. And I don't know why, like, I wasn't hot. I was just, yeah, I don't know. Anyway, but I'm good. Good. Yeah. Good, 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 good. <laughs> and I'm very thankful for the rain yesterday, as much as I'm like, oh, rain. <laughs> but I also have, so, because I'm growing my little veggie garden, and I love watering. Like, I love getting out to go and play in the soil and water. Like, it just gives me an excuse. Yes. But because I don't have a hose, I have to like fill up my. I have like a two liter water bottle, which I used to use for something, and I just fill it up and then I have to. Tra- but then because the plants are getting bigger, I have to do like so many trips back and forth that I just get a bit impatient. Wait, 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 wait. You're watering your garden with a two liter water bottle? <laughs> yeah. So I have to do lots of multiple trips back to the tap. Okay, there is this thing called a hose. You do, you know. Yeah, but then I have to buy a hose. I don't own a hose. And so I get. It's like impatience. And laziness to buy a hose right. actually means I make more work for myself. Right. But anyway, it rained. It was beautiful. And I feel like plants always grow better when it rains. Oh, absolutely. Like They're- I can I can water every day, but it'll rain for a day and I'm like, oh, they're so alive. Yeah, absolutely. It's got full of all kinds of, mm. particularly thunderstorm rains, like full of nitrogen oh, and stuff like that, best. which you just can't get from normal water. Mm. So you get all kinds of things in rainwater you don't get from. That's why you should always drink rainwater rather than yes. drink tap water. Amen. I, I, I've lived my whole life on rainwater. <laughs> it's the best. It tastes so yummy. You're listening to the Breakfast Joe podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. All right. What have we got happening in positively different news this morning? Okay. So. I have a story about a, a kidna that was hand raised in Alice Spring in a Alice Springs Desert Park. How do you hand raise an echidna? Isn't that the coolest story? What do you feed it? Well, I didn't find that out. They didn't like say. Like these things eat ants, right? Yes, I guess. What do baby echidnas eat? Do they eat squished ants from their mum, or they? I guess they drink milk while they're in yeah, the pouch. Yeah, they'd have to. But I, I don't know because they said so. Basically, how they got it, um, they started calling it Puggle or Pugly because they didn't want to name it in case it died. And now I've caught the thing they've called it Ina. Ina? I-N-A. Anyway, um, so it was found orphaned like 200K from a remote town. So it was just like in the middle of nowhere. It had no spikes. It was all like red and cute and young and ugly. But, you know, it's like, <laughs> yeah. like you know how young animals, you're just like, oh, look, it's you. Like, anyway, uh-huh. So that was found. It was brought. Um, it didn't eat for 10 days. Like, it just wouldn't have Ooh. anything. When, but, and that's by the time it got there. So they didn't know before that how it had eaten or, you know, how it was surviving. This is one tough yeah. critter. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And so they were a bit like, oh, man, is this thing going to die? We don't know. We don't. And so they were just doing everything they could. Um, it was like teeny tiny. It was like could fit in the palm of their hand and was like, yeah, just not fully developed. But anyway, now I think it's like 10 months on so the story has just come out. And they were a bit worried. Because any time that you're hand-raising something that normally lives in the wild, it's that fear of, you know, will it be able to fend for itself if we let yes. it go again? Yes. But also how, like, does it, how does it learn to eat ants? Like, Yeah, I don't know. How and, do you teach it to eat ants? I don't, and, like, maybe as it's growing older, they just kind of expose it. And it anyway, but um, 
yeah, they they didn't want to um, find out even if it was a girl or a boy because now what was the reason? I forgot to write it down. They were worried about whatever the procedure was, I think, putting it under the anesthetic or whatever. Oh, you've got to do that to be able to mm. sex it. Yeah. Um, but because it was in such an unhealthy kind of state, they're like, you know, will it survive? We don't know. So they haven't done that, but they think it's a girl, um, essentially. <laughs> right. Um, but, yeah, so it, had, it didn't have enough body fat. That The zookeeper says that this has been the highlight of her zookeeping career. The last time this happened was 10 years ago. Um, okay, so this is not something that happens very often. This is not something that happens very But you know what? I love echidnas. I mean, Me too. They are the best, the best critters ever. I mean, annoying if you're like driving in there and you're like, ah! Like, because I just remember every time when I was a kid, if we saw one, we would always stop. Oh, absolutely. And we'd try to catch it. The poor creatures, I'd be like, no! And they'd dig themselves into away. the ground and bury themselves. And I know, but I think they're great creatures, very Australian creatures. But yeah. I don't often see them anymore. Like, just unless you're out in the bush, I don't find them a lot around home. We saw one a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, they're so nice. cool. It was nice. We stopped. Yeah, we, we would have picked it up, but it dug into the ground yeah. and didn't want they to don't. be sociable. That's not they're about not friendly. No, like, but anyway, mm, please I, leave us alone. I know they're just like go away. <laughs> but yeah, so I just thought that was quite a cool story, and well done them for whatever they're doing to keep it living. Because so, what I really want to know is. Does this echidna think it's a human? Oh, there are some animals that do, hey. Yes. Spends enough time with human, that's what they believe. I don't know. Maybe it's a lot more social than others. I don't know. How sociable can an echidna be? Because, I mean, <laughs> they seem to be very independent animals in the wild. Yeah. This is kind of like, you know, is it, is it kind of like, you know, a wallaby that's yeah, kind of independent, whereas a kangaroo is like, oh, I want to be with people. Yeah. Uh, if, if it's raised uh-huh. by humans, you know. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. These are all questions I don't have answers to. <laughs> One day we will find out. One day out. we will find out. Yeah. One day we will find out. Um, in other news, so Balgaula Boys High School has been working the past four years to improve HSC English scores. So people like to throw out, you know, that, oh, you know, reading and English is typically twice as hard for boys as for girls. Whether that's the statistic always, you know, sometimes generalisation, but that is what they're finding. Like this school, when the principal first came 12 years ago, um, the whole school was well below state average. And so he was like, right, we need to, we need to have a plan. We need to improve some things. Um, and so, <clears throat> excuse me. So that's what they've been working on. And so they've just like slowly, slowly been trying to implement programs. So, you know, how is this going? How are the boys tracking? How are our methods of teaching? And, um, to combat this, they began carving out intentional 20 minutes a day on, on very specifics, like so on punctuation, on grammar, on spelling, on sentence structure, which just a little side note, little rant about high school. When I was in grade 12 in Queensland, they waited until like the last term of grade 12 to be like, okay, guys, we're going to just do like a refresh on, on all the English rules. And I was like, yo, if we haven't got it by now, <laughs> we haven't got If you didn't teach us this like in grade eight when high school started, like – it's, it's too late for that. Like our exams are at the end of the term. Anyway, that was a little... Um, yeah, so what I really appreciate about this is they're going, okay, we need to take an approach of actually breaking this down. And that's what the, the vice principal used to be a teacher of second English as a second language. And I don't know if you guys have spoken to international people who have learned English, but often they know the English rules far better. Oh, yeah, they, they know what they actually are. Exactly. We, we know English innately, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. whereas they actually know how it works. Exactly, which means that even if their speaking isn't always as good, they know 
the rules for putting a sentence together in a better way. This is one of the things that sort of interested me was once or twice I've looked at learning a foreign language uh-huh. and realised that if I was going to learn a foreign language, I'd actually have to learn English first. English, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, so when they say, well, this is an adjective, and I'm like, well, what, what is know an adjective? <laughs> Can I write a sentence? Yes. Can I write a paper? Yes. I can write good paper. I have no struggle with that kind of uh, mm-hmm. writing because it's innate. Yes. Yeah. Not because I know the theory of it. Oh, I'm the same. But anyway, so this this school has decided that they're just going to break it down, make the rules clear, and um, yeah, because if the boys know what they want to say but don't know how to say it, it's a struggle. So good. Well done, them. You're listening to the Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. Okay, so Netflix, of course, hates any form of morality whatsoever at all. They just hate it. Oh, okay. It's all there is to it. They just absolutely hate it. I mean, last year they had, um, was it last year or early this year? I can't remember when they had the uh, the movie or the TV show about the gay Jesus or whatever it was. Oh. Um, and uh, now they've got this um, pedophile movie out that they're promoting. Wait, what? Is, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and and the Australian Government Classification Board has just allowed it into Australia. I don't understand. And they only gave it an MA15+. plus. You know, it, this is kind of weird, right? Kind of weird. Okay, so basically what it is about an 11-year-old girl um, exploring her sexuality, um, being uh, involved in, you know, sensual dance and all that kind of stuff, um, posting nudes to social media, you know, this kind of thing. Okay, now you got to stop and think about this. If you're a pedophile, uh-huh. this is going to be on the top of your watching list for gratification, right? Uh-huh. And we're trying to feed that kind of thing here in Australia by allowing it into our country. You know, the, the Australian government classifications board—they've got no more morality than Netflix does. Um, you know, this, it, it's depictions of this girl uploading child porn. I just don't understand how a movie gets made like this, actually. Yeah, what kind of a sick person? Do you know what, what I mean? What kind of a sick person makes a movie like It just makes my blood boil. Like, because the, whole the thing. fact that they even made it into a movie means there's enough money behind it's it. Really, and it's like, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I did, I'm struggling with this one. I'm just struggling. Even, even not even about the viewing, the fact that it's being made. I mean, the viewing, I think, is terrible too, but like, there's so many problems just with that. And I'm like. Okay, so here in Australia, one in four girls are abused before the age of 18. One in. One in six boys are abused before the age of 18. That means that there are, uh, in basically every church, there are both victims and perpetrators. Uh-huh. So there are a lot more people in our community that are, that are pedophiles than what we realise, and there is obviously enough of them in the movie industry and in the movie-making industry to go, let's see how close we can go to the boundaries and still get something through, mm. whereas all of these people should just been thrown in jail. Yeah, that seems crazy to me. It's as simple as that. Just lock them up, uh, and and this is this is coming, of course, um, on the tails of uh, you know increasing demands from the pedophile community uh, to be recognised as a legitimate orientation, and you know this is something that has been gaining momentum, and my prediction is will continue to gain momentum. Hopefully, it will never ever go through, but it just shows you the sick kind of a world that we live in. And you know, what- you know the, the movie is called Cuties. Oh, I've heard of it. I mean, I don't know about it, but I've heard But think about that title. If you're a pedophile, uh-huh. Uh-huh. think about the title. That's like an instant magnet right there, and that's what it's designed to be. That's mm. why they created that. You know what, though? I would 
I would reckon that because it's on Netflix, because it's available, you're mm-hmm. going to have people watch it who aren't actually trying to be seedy. They're just like, oh, there's a movie and, oh, I wonder why this is on. And they'll watch it just because it's there. Do you know what I mean? Which yep. only People are just surfing through and have no yep. idea what and it's they're getting themselves into. out of curiosity into. because this is the thing, right? Like so many times I think um, – I know people who – very severe addictions. It didn't start trying to be crazy. It started as curiosity. Uh-huh. And then however many years now later, they're like, this has ruined my life. Yes. But you know what I mean? Like it's not just – the bad isn't just for the people who already, you know, have kind of that going on for them. I think it's also the damage you're going to do to someone who it's never been a problem for. There's a very easy and you're solution. And opening a door. Yes. Mm. There's a very easy solution. Cancel your Netflix subscription. Problem solved. <laughs> right there. Done. Anyway, um, <clears throat> Ooh, Netflix. I'm just uh, our producer here is is showing us Netflix daily cancellation spike following Cutie's release in the US because as obviously uh, is about to be released in Australia. That's a big spike. So that's a massive spike right there. A lot of people reacting against that, and we need to do exactly the same thing here in Australia because we need to send a message because this same message was sent back mm. when they had the series about gay Jesus. And uh, Netflix had to, had to pull it because of the uh, the amount of people that were were pulling their subscriptions. Do the same thing again. Yep. And they will get the message. People do not like this kind of, you know, smut and just you know depraved behaviour of you know promoting you know something that's appealing to pedophiles to uh, to be on Netflix. Mm-hmm. We, we we don't want to see that stuff coming across our screen. Anyway, I want to change the subject. Um, we are on our serious subjects this morning, but let's go to the USA. They've got elections looming. Oh, yes. Um, they've got a Supreme Court justice who has just passed away, which, mean, which means all kinds of interesting things. Uh, there was an assassination attempt on Donald Trump. He got sent uh, some mail, oh. uh, a piece of mail with ricin poison in it um, over the weekend. So that's sort of all happening. Um You've got uh, this uh, Supreme Court justice seat that is now available. And what's interesting, what's, what's actually um, coming out of this is a debate over the issue of abortion and neither of the candidates want to have anything to do with it. Oh, interesting. Because Donald Trump is a recent convert to pro-life. Okay. Probably because if you're going to be right-wing, you have to be that position. Joe Biden is a recent convert to pro-choice because if you're going to be left-wing, you have to have that position. But he's Roman Catholic, which means that he is in danger of excommunication. But he's not in as much danger as he was before because Francis has studiously turned a blind eye to these kinds of issues. Interesting. Whereas, you know, you go back a few years, Mario Cuomo, when he was was, uh, the governor of New York, uh, was threatened with excommunication. In other words, threatened threatened to be booted out of heaven. That's what excommunication is by the Catholic Church because he was pro-choice. Uh, so yeah, you've got um, you've got some interesting uh, things. Then, then of course, you've got this: sixty-one um, percent of people, according to a Pew survey, sixty-one uh, percent of people in the United States believe that abortion should be legal. Thirty-eight percent illegal. Seventy uh, percent believe that the Roe versus Wade. Um, uh, case that went through to the Supreme Court should not be overturned. That was the one that made it a constitutional right to have an abortion in the states. 
So this is this is in, ne, neither neither of the candidates. You know, Trump doesn't want to go. Trump doesn't want to go there because it's unpopular with the electorate. Uh-huh. Biden doesn't want to go there because it's unpopular with his church. Yeah. Neither of them want to go there. Trump made a promise to appoint uh, pro-life uh, Supreme Court justices. Now he's got the opportunity to to uh, appoint somebody. Yeah, yeah. You know, this is this is just a mess. There's an election breathing down their their necks. The country is divided to the max. Um, there's assassination attempts happening. I don't know how uh, how serious that one was, but you know somebody's going to go to jail over it for sure. Um, I actually never thought of that. You know, like it makes so much sense. But the worldview you have about that, like if you're in that, what is it, the Supreme Court of Justice or whatever, that's actually quite significant. Oh, it's the most powerful. But it, in the it's United just States. never occurred to me. Like I just don't think of. I'm, I'm look. I'm not very politically minded. Well, it doesn't matter yeah. what piece of legislation. Uh, Congress passes or the president signs yeah. into power. You're always going to hold. The only thing that matters is how those nine Supreme Court justices interpret it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They are the most powerful people in the United States. Full stop. And they are appointed. They are not elected. This is one of the challenges of the U.S. system. It was one of the early democracies in the modern era, and as an early democracy in the modern era, it's not that perfect. Yeah, interesting. And it's particularly interesting in the way that when you look at how the Supreme Court has reacted to issues of uh, religion and particularly because this is very much, whether you like it or not, it is very much a religious issue, Mm -hmm. uh, but also issues of religious liberty in the US. The Supreme Court is the one, they're the one who holds all the cards on all of these issues and basically this is a matter of watch this space over the next couple of months. Somebody texted through with in relationship to our Netflix story. These people are Satanists whose job is to make the world like Sodom and Gomorrah to destroy the minds of people. God sees what they are doing. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. Joining us in the studio this morning is Kelvin Langman. And, of course, Kelvin is our resident expert on all things weird, wonderful, obscure things from the Bible that you didn't know about. Kelvin, what are we talking about this time? Morning. Um, we're continuing on from last time. Like we spoke a little bit about the 144,000. That's right, yes. Yep. And a few other concepts in Revelation. Maybe we should maybe we should have a discussion on whether they are a literal number or a symbolic number. Uh, and maybe we should tell people to call in. This will get everybody going. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is like, okay, for those of you, so, okay, so I just got to do a bit of quick explanation here. This station is owned by the Adventist Church, and Adventists love to have this discussion. <laughs> All right, so if you're wondering, like, what on earth is Lyle talking about? It's just like Adventist's favourite discussion to have on a Saturday afternoon. Are they a literal <laughs> or a symbolic number? Because um, <laughs> we tend to think it's such a very important thing. But yes. if it's such an important thing, why is it only mentioned twice? In oh, scripture? exactly. Yeah, this is very, very true. So it's a point of discussion because mm-hmm. it probably, probably because there's not enough of a mention in scripture. I tell you what it is. We have to speculate. It's it's a distraction. Yeah. Discussing oh. discussing it is a distraction from the real issue with 144,000, which is not the number of them. The real issue is their character. Yeah. And because of that, and because that kind of hits close to home. And suddenly that kind of exposes, you know, all of our character flaws. We're like, yeah, let's not talk about that. Let's let's talk about whether they're a literal or a symbolic number instead. 
That's where, yeah, anyway, that's my theory. It's easier to talk about theology than uh, things wrong with your character. Yes, <laughs> it is. Kelvin, <laughs> we're, we're getting sidetracked yes, here. Let's, we, 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 want to, we want to hear what you've got to talk about. Okay, well, let's open up our Bibles mm-hmm. and let's pump out a few verses. Provided you're not driving. Yes. Well, yes. unless you've got an audio Bible, then you might like to listen. Oh, but can okay. you listen and All listen right. to the radio? I don't know. Okay, Ezekiel chapter 12, verse 14. All right, I flicking over there real quick. Do you love the book of Ezekiel? Minnie's just finished reading this one for her devotions, so... Don't understand lots of it, but it's very interesting. Mm. <laughs> All right, Minnie, go for it. What do you got? Wait, where am I reading? Twelve verse... Ezekiel chapter 12 and verse 14. 14 says, I will scatter his servants and warriors to the four winds and send the sword after them. Yep, so... We've got to look at what does the four winds mean in Scripture. When you look at other verses, the four winds, oh, one of the most famous ones is Job. Like when his children's house blew down, it says that the four winds blew on the house and it mm-hmm. fell down. How do four different winds blow on, a ha- blow on a house? You know, I've always seen this as a depiction of a tornado. Yes, that's exactly okay. what I get. Yep. Uh, that, that's that's what I see happening right yep. here yep. because it's not like, you know, the, the 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 sense that you get when you read the story of Job is that, that it wasn't a big storm that came through like no. a cyclone. It was just a wind that specifically hit this house and flattened it. Yep. yep. And as you say, if it's a tornado, then if it goes right through the middle of it, it's going to be hit from all four sides at once. So before we decide what a wind means in Scripture, let's have a look, jump forward to Jeremiah, chapter 49 and verse 32. We're going the long way around. We we need to know this. 49 verse 42, was it? 49 and verse 32. 32. I was going to say there's not 42 verses here. 32 says, And their camels shall be a prize, and the multitude of their cattle a spoil, and I will scatter into all winds... Those that are in the uttermost corners, and I'll bring their calamity from all the sides, all the sides thereof, says the Lord. So you see, wind is associated with being dispelled, dispersed, mm, sent yes. forward. But it's also, the wind is destruction. And it also comes from all sides. Yes. Yeah, very directional. That's interesting. Yeah. So when we, we're going to jump forward now and have right. a look at Revelation chapter 7. All right. I saw another angel ascend. I saw an angel ascending from the east, having the seal of the living God. Revelation seven, was it? Revelation chapter seven, verse one. Okay. Ah, uh, yes. After these things, I saw four angels standing on the four corners of the earth, holding the four winds of the earth, that wind should not blow on the earth, nor on the sea, nor at any tree. And so then I was quoting verse two. We we have looked at this before because um, when we've looked at the number twelve, here's the number twelve hidden in this scripture because you've got four angels. Four corners, four winds. Ooh. Right? So yeah. Yeah. four times four times, well, four, four plus three four is 12. plus four <laughs> is your 12. Yep. Okay. So you've got four angels at the four corners of the earth holding Back the four the winds. winds of the earth. Yes. Why do you need to hold on to the four winds of the earth? Well, because you don't want destruction to come on the earth. Yes, the, so the verses that we've read so far about winds and the one that we quoted from Job is all about destruction coming as a result of wind. Yes. So you don't want destruction to come, so you hold the wind back. Hmm. Correct. If you let the wind go, destruction is coming. 
Yep. So wind is associated with destruction. Yes. Um, and here we have the four corners of the earth. So there's destruction Everywhere. in all, every direction. So it's this is a common passage or phrase in um, Hebrew culture. The four corners of the earth talks about north, east, south, and west. Yes. So mm. if it's north, east, south, and west, it's everywhere. Like That's you're right. saying, the wind comes from everywhere. Uh-huh. Um, so you can't get away from it because it's total, it's global. The four points of the compass. Four points of the compass. Yep, correct. You, you, you can't find shelter. No. No, you There's can't. no shelter from this kind of wind. And when, when you continue reading it, it's four angels, four corners, four winds, that the wind should not blow on the earth, on the sea, or mm. on any tree. So now we have to know, okay, what does earth represent? Right. So the earth and sea. The earth and sea are in contrast to each other. So the sea, peoples, multitudes, languages. Lots of people. Yes. The earth. The earth is a sparsely populated region. Yeah, a paucity, a yeah, mm-hmm. limited amount of people. Yes. Or any tree. What does the Bible mean when it's talking about trees? Ah, well, trees in the Bible are also a symbol of people. That's what the I trees mean. of the field shall clap their hands, yes. Mm-hmm. And That's you've right. got the fig tree. Yes. Jesus cursed the fig tree. What happened? It died. So it died. It died instantly. So then he spoke about what the fig tree means. What does the fig tree mean? Well, it's, was a, it's a symbol of the, the nation of Israel. Yes. So every tree in the Bible is representative of a nation. Mm-hmm. So here we have the four angels, four corners, four winds, um, blowing on either the populated or unpopulated areas or on any nation or any people group. Any person. Oh, any yeah. person. interesting. Uh-huh. Right? Okay, yes, yeah. yes, yes. So you can, you're building a picture here? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you would initially read through that and go, why, why would God be worried about trees right here? <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, 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 this is about people. It's about the people. And yeah. you know what? Trees can pre- cope with pretty strong winds. Yes. Most, some will sustain a bit of damage, but you, you can, you know, a tree can come across pretty well unscathed. So to me, it doesn't really make sense that it's vegetation. But when you <laughs> see that it's trees uh, can be symbolising uh, people groups, then that makes sense. So jump out of verse 3. Do not harm the earth, the sea or the trees, till we have sealed the servants of our God in their foreheads. And I heard the number of those who were sealed, 144,000 of all the tribes of the children of Israel that were sealed. So here it's saying don't don't do anything until they're sealed. Um, And it's talking about these people from populated, unpopulated areas. Mm-hmm, and then right. he actually verses, he backs it up. Another way, of dis- another way of describing that might be the old world and the new, and the new world. The sea versus the earth can be the old world and versus yeah. the new world, yep. symbolically in Bible prophecy. So just, there's a little bit of side note, but how would you know that? Ah, there's if a whole someone Bible was study. reading that. Oh, there's okay. a whole Bible study in and of its own. Okay. I don't have time to go into that <laughs> yeah. You'll have to send me that one through for a question of the day sometime and uh, maybe we'll look at it in Discuss more detail. It, yeah. <laughs> So we could go through and read 5, 6, 7, and 8, which talks about 12,000, 12,000, 12,000, mm. and talks about the 12 tribes. But verse 9, After these things I looked, and behold, a great multitude which no one could number. How can you have 144,000 and then go, hang on, I can't number them? Mm, mm-hmm. So there's got to be something deeper. There's got to be something more going on here. So let's keep reading. Which no one could number. Of all the nations, tribes, peoples, and tongues standing before the throne and before the Lamb. Verse 13. Then one of the elders answered, saying to me, Who are these arranged, arrayed in white robes, and where did they come from? And I said to him, Sir, you know. 
So he said to me, These are the ones who came out of the great tribulation and washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Therefore they are before the throne of God and serve him day and night in his temple, and he who sits on the throne will dwell among them. It's a bit in that. There is a bit there. But we've got uh, the scattering. We've got people, um, like we've just read Ezekiel and Jeremiah talking about people will... And isn't this the commandment that God made to Adam and Eve? Go forth, be fruitful... And yes, multiply and populate the, the earth, face of the earth and fill mm. it with. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yep. So here, whether you like it or not, like God's command was the whole world should be populated. So here it's talking about um, Ezekiel and Jeremiah that you know God's cho- not just people, but God's chosen people shall populate and go to all the corners of the earth. And what happened with the twelve disciples? Here's another number of number example of number twelve. Ooh. Okay. So like, they go to all the different parts of the world. They go yeah. north, south, east, and west. Yep. And it's really interesting. So you've got some that go south down into Egypt and Africa. You've got some that go uh, west over into uh, you know Rome and Spain and places like that. You've got others that go east, like Thomas, across mm. into India. Yep. So you've got um, the 12 tribes of Israel that were to populate the promised land, right? Yeah. Aye. Mm-hmm. But then... There is the concept that the 12 tribes of Israel were designated different parts of the world. So there were seven continents, but when you look at ancient cultures, ancient cultures recognise that there were 12 people groups. And if you want to, here's a side issue, if you want to Google colossal heads, in Mexico and South America there is these giant dome-like heads that show 12 different like features, features. Oh, so, yeah, so you've got um, Asiatic features, you've got Negroid features, you've got Caucasian features, and it's shown in these heads. And I can't remember where it is. One of the, it's like Machu Picchu or somewhere. Yeah, it's not uh, Machu Picchu. These are Olmec heads. Olmec, Olmec. Yes. Yep. So there is one particular place that actually has twelve of these in a, in a courtyard, and they're all the different people groups of the world. So ancient. Wow. So ancient people recognised that there were twelve different nations or 12 different people groups um, that populated the world. Now, the significance of that is, fast forward to Jesus' day, um, you can graph all the different tribes of Israel and each of the disciples, which became apostles, so apostles are ones that are sent, yes. they went and they were responsible for different parts of the world. Yes. So here you've got this tying in again hmm. um, of this number 12 Ah, it's amazing what you can do when you start to do a study into uh, into the minutia yeah. of the Bible. This is the thing that Kelvin loves. He just loves minutia. <laughs> yeah. Give, give him minutia and he'll be busy all day long. It mightn't make other people excited, but it doesn't. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, hey, this is this is the this is the this is the beauty of scripture. There's so, always something for somebody. Verse 14 carries on this theme. Then I looked and behold, and 144,000 having the Father's name written on their foreheads. They sang, as it were, a new song before the throne, and no one could learn that song except the 144,000. These are the ones who follow the Lamb wherever he goes. So why is it only a select group that follow the Lamb? Why isn't it all the people that are redeemed? Okay, this is an interesting thought. I'll be interested to hear where you go with this one. I've got some thoughts on it, but... You've got some thoughts, I do, I do. Well, it's interesting that out of all of the people, it mentions that there was only um, the select that were first fruits, that yes. were t- 
taken up. And that and that follows the sanctuary system where you had the feast of first fruits, where it wasn't you know everything that was um, sacrificed; it was you know just the, the first fruits. Yep. So, all right, so, so tie this all off for us, Kelvin. We've got a little up. bit of time left. Uh, let's just tie it all up. Okay, so we do have your main body, but I believe this 144 are, are set apart. They're sanctified. They're, they're the, the first of, of the body to come. So yes, the, the that's right. They're the first fruits. That's right. Um, shows that it's a group of people, not only were they scattered to the 12 tribes, but they're drawn back from those 12 tribes. And there's 12 within 12, you know, you've got the four winds, four uh-huh. angels, four corners, and it's just this 12 number being compounded. So it just emphasises that we are God's people because 12 has not only God's trinity, God's God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, but it's also got God's people from all the different corners of the world built into the number 12. Mm. Okay, so then uh, I, I guess we could say that, you know, we've got a... A calling here. Let's 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 aspire to be part of one hundred forty-four thousand to go to the, every part of the world to tell the gospel of Jesus Christ, and then to be drawn back together to worship with Him um, on 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 uh, Mount Zion. We're gonna have to move on with the show, Kelvin. It's been good right. to have you with you so far. Right, Hopefully, you can you. stay for the Bible study. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at one eight hundred Faith FM.